You! Yes, you! You, listening to the podcast, welcome to the underpaid. And the underpaid, and the underqualified, the qualified, qualified. My name is Vince, and this is my co-host. How much crack did you snort before this? Oh my god, how did you get a second wind? It's all fake. I'm all, all about right. to burn out. That was all my energy, Jaw. It's all downhill from here. Hope you're ready. All right, well, by the way, my name is Jaw. Thank you for listening to our podcast. As if you didn't know from the past nine episodes or so. <laughs> and, like, I didn't just intro you with your name, Jaw. Anyways. We're here. That's the point. We made it. We've had stressful weeks, haven't we, Jaw? Gosh darn, how do you have so much energy? I'm, like, physically dying. Can you share some of that crack that you have in the back? Uh... I would if I hadn't snorted it all right before this episode, right before that giant line I took. But it's okay, right. Jaw, because I'm going to wake you up because we're going to talk about some interesting, important stuff. I'm all trying right. to make up for last week, Jaw. I was pretty dead last week. I think I had how you're feeling last week. I'll use a black tar heroin instead. <laughs> I don't know if that gets you. Is that an upper or a downer? I don't actually do drugs. I legitimately do not know what it would do to me. I do know that alcohol and weed is a downer and cocaine is not Black tar yeah. heroin just doesn't sound like an upper. Doesn't sound like something somebody takes to, I don't know, get amped up. You know, it's, you never hear people at a party thinking, "Ah, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom, do some black tar heroin real quick." Yeah, it's usually the kind of thing that you want to kill yourself with. <laughs> Did you just say a minute ago that you don't know anything about drugs? <laughs> well, I mean, I just assume because heroin's bad, and you insert something into the phrase like black tar, then I think it would probably speed up said death or increase. True. Level I think it just deafness. makes you more likely to die with yeah, like how that. addicted you get to it. Because everyone always says the first high of heroin is amazing and you'll never feel it again. I so feel like that's like every drug. Kind well, of. heroin especially because it's so intense. Oh, is it heroin? Uh, yeah. It was ecstasy. Well, ecstasy is like is the love drug. It just makes you really, really happy and love everybody. And then the come down's super high because it soaps up all your dopamine, uh, sacks up all your dopamine. Yeah, and you have like a ton in the reserves or something kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. All right. That's moving what, on. That's what drugs. you seem like right now. Like you've had, a, <laughs> like you're coming down from some uh, excess dopamine levels, Joe. I blame bar, and I should not have. I get car sick. I should not have been reading my phone while on bar. You're moving still car sick that long? A yeah. little bit. I have a weak brain. You want I'm some sorry. Mints? Will that help you? Actually, mine. Let me see. All right. I'll give you the mints. Ooh. Joe's gonna get open. Yeah. Brand new. Oh my gosh, it's so nice. Josh is going to come back to life in the what second half of this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, so that's how's the, your week, Vince? A, <laughs> I just want to take a note that that's the first recording of me ever giving you something, Joe. <laughs> so nice. I know. It only took two years or so. But uh, how's my week, Joe? Let's see. Um, Pretty stressful. I don't know. Work? You ever just have those periods of work that are, it's just a fucking war? It's just a battle. Just so much is going on and just confusions. Your state of mind 24-7. It's kind of what it's been like the last couple weeks. It sounds like my very existence. <laughs> always taking it to happy places. But, uh... I get that a lot. No, I don't know. Work has just been, uh... It's been a bit of a battle lately. I don't know. It's been really stressful. That's why I was so dead last week. I just couldn't coherently form thoughts. I really didn't want that episode to be posted, but I didn't even have the episode... Per- the <laughs> episode. The energy to protest it, as you can see. Still a little... Do you need dead. a hug? you want me to get Christine to come out here? <laughs> I'm glad you caveated because I thought you were about to offer me a hug, in which case I wanted to clarify. I don't think a hug from, uh, Ja <laughs> would ever exactly cure my being down. You're a dick. Okay, so my week. <laughs> how was my week, everybody? Mm. Where do I begin this adventurous 
lifestyle that I have. I'm actually really curious how your week's been, Joe. Tell me. I saw your new job. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How's that going? So you have, uh, a, you have a reason to be uh, brain dead? Um, should my new employees, not employees, co-workers find this podcast, I will say that my job is wonderful and I love every second of it. Do you work at Twitter again? That's what it sounds like. No. Nah. <laughs> the way you describe. I'm working for a smaller company, but um, yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, a job is a job. I can't really... There's, I mean, there's not much to say, right? It pays yeah. the bills. It is what it is. But we'll see where it leads, right? So because it's a small company and it's growing, and there are some opportunities. So it's like a company that's been ex- around for like 25 years, hmm. but it's okay. only taking off now. Hmm. So, I mean, well, we'll see where it goes. We'll see if I get a promotion. We'll see if I ever get a board of directors and become filthy rich. Hmm. Are you full-time? Not contractor? Full time. There you go. Not a contract That's it. Yeah, you beat the curve. Are you? How, wait. How long has you been? Uh, how long you been in there? A week. A week. Well, okay. Four days. Okay. But, uh, Almost yeah. a week. So, um, no, my previous job, my previous company, I wasn't a contractor. So. That's good, but sometimes I mean it, it feels like these days it's hard to not be a contractor. Almost every other person I meet is a contractor who's got a new job. Well, you know what? Welcome to the Bay Area, and welcome to peasant contract life, and companies know they can take advantage of the system and say, screw you to it whatsoever. It's true. Feels like we should make a podcast episode about that. We tried once. We can do it again. We just need to censor ourselves. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to today's topic. By censoring ourselves, you mean we talk for 60 minutes and then realize only one minute of what we said was actually usable, <laughs> and the rest was just us saying confidential shit about how we hated Twitter. Lost episode part two. That's going to be our entire podcast series, just lost episodes. <laughs> it's to provide the exclusiveness, and once we do make it famous, when I said once when we yeah. do, anyways. As in, be, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. got to believe hard enough. And we'll release these taped episodes on Blu-ray or DVD, <laughs> and we will sign them, and we'll be worth thousands. We're going to release audio-only recordings on Blu-ray. <laughs> CD, whatever, whatever kids are into nowadays. Besides <laughs> close, vaping. Close enough. And Tide Pods. We'll stream it. It's all about streaming, Joe. Um, Matt, what are you doing in your new job? I'm actually curious. This probably isn't good for the podcast, but I'm curious myself. What are you doing, Joe? Why are you curious? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't need to like you're doing something really sketch. <laughs> you don't need to know. Ooh. I may or may not be selling drugs and trafficking uh, endangered species and animals. I'd be pretty proud of you if that's what you're doing. Well, wow, that's messed up. I'm fundamentally against like almost all of that. <laughs> Well, just the fact that you could... I think I'm proud of the fact that you could keep it together so well and be doing all that. You'd be like a Heisenberg, a Walter White, hiding a drug kingpin lifestyle. That is actually low-key, like, a goal of mine. Like, to have <laughs> be a Walter a, White? No, to, like, have such an insane lifestyle in the back and be so very normal up front. And then once you, like, get to know me, if you ever do, uh-huh. it's, like, some crazy, like, backstory that's just, like, you can only come out like it can only be a movie yeah and it's just how badass i am so it's like just suck it dude and then it's the people that like were in your lives like they notice like one day they like look back on their time with you and they notice one day you seemed a little bit stressed out that was like the day you were like dealing with i don't know the drug cartel like something super stressful and you come off with like a scrape on your head and they're just like oh where'd you get that just like oh i just accidentally fell and they put the pieces together of all the little like you know, no, Easter eggs throughout time. I just want to like somehow disappear for like a month or something, right? Yeah. And then come back like nothing happened and just like, oh, where did you go? What do you mean? I was just busy. I was just at work. 
So why haven't just why you haven't seen me? <laughs> but then you wouldn't really be keeping it together, though, would you? Because yo, know, it, it would be like it would be like you never watched The Sopranos, right? No, I've never. Because The Sopranos was basically that idea. The the basic idea was this guy's a family man, but he's like this mob boss who's like killing people left and right, and still comes home every day at like five p.m. What a G! <laughs> what a thug! But thug life. Yeah, that's Jaws' <laughs> new job, as you can tell. Yeah, he's just being a thug. All right, right so offline we're going to talk about your new job. <laughs> I'm still curious. But speaking of uh, what you're describing, you ever seen Iceman? Wait, what? Iceman. It's a movie. Like, about the X-Men? <laughs> Why do you seem so shocked? No, it's about a thug. It's about what you're describing. It's about, oh, a, it's, about, it's about a killer who uh, was like a family man, but he just hit it the whole time, and his family found out. Yeah, I only know Iceman from, like, X-Men. Okay. <laughs> Well, Iceman's a, Ice a very good movie. It's underrated. It has Michael Shannon. Are you a Michael Shannon fan? Who's Michael Shannon? Uh, God. Zod. Do you remember Zod? Oh, yes. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's our, like, common bond. We just have to think of a superhero movie. That's how we can... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any actor you don't know, I'll think of what superhero movie they're in. And it's like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yes, that would. Yes. Yeah. Are you a fan- Michael Shannon fan? I guess he was pretty good in Zod. <laughs> As odd. As odd. Yes, that's fair. Um, let's see. Chris Evans is in it. James Franco. Do you oh, like yeah. mob movies at all? Yeah. All right, it's a good movie. You should check it out. But smooth transition. I specifically bring that up because what's our podcast topic this week, Jeff? Something about movies again. <laughs> Something about movies. And uh, with all that energy, do you want to also introduce what it actually is? <laughs> so we're going to be talking about movie sequels, good and bad. And rolling on this continuous trend of me being dark, despair, and depression of black hole emotions, <laughs> I will be going and talking about the bad sequels, whereas Vince here will be talking about the positive sequels. With that said, where's my damn list? <laughs> and to start off my list of bad sequels, first movie that I had was It Chapter 2. I was just trying to take down my good mood right now. I can feel it. Yes, is it working? Please say yes. <laughs> No, we're not doing it, chat. We should start off with the good. The good. It's everyone always starts the good and the bad. So yes, so there's a movie called The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Episode eight, which I highly encourage you to go and listen to our episode eight of why it chapter two is so bad. All I can say is Mike Drop enough said. Moving on, positive movie. Here you go, Vince. This is a perfect example of how smug and incorrect Jaw is all the time. <laughs> I just love being a tech sometimes. <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> it would be more effective if you were actually saying something that was true. But uh, I'm just going to say It Chapter 2 is fucking effective. awesome. And it's a new movie, so if anyone listens to this, I highly recommend Vince, it. Vince, moving on the topic. You don't decide, fuck you. You don't decide <laughs> who moves on the topic. Is I just said dictatorship? If only it was a dictatorship, <laughs> maybe we'd be famous by now. I mean, I, I thought we already were famous. No. Not yet. Next episode, alright, this episode's gonna be the one that does it. We're just gonna kill it so hard. So, I'm gonna start off. Good sequel, Ja. What do you think is a good sequel? What makes a good sequel in your mind? What's one thing? Fan service. Fan service? Okay. Well, this sequel doesn't do that so much, but it's good for other reasons. I'm I'm talking about uh, none other than a movie called T2, Judgment Day. Oh my gosh, that was totally not what I was expecting for some reason. Terminator, no. <laughs> what were you expecting? 
Not I was actually expecting you to say like the Lord of the Rings or something. Jaws two, <laughs> Jaws three D. Oh, apparently the uh, list I was going through Jaws like outside the first movie, like everything was just trash. Oh yeah, it's like one of the worst sequels ever. But <laughs> anyways, Terminator two, Terminator two. I think this is a classic example, of one of the best sequels ever. And I think if you ask anyone for a list of what they think the best sequels are, Terminator two for sure gets on the list. Reasons I think why it gets on the list, it takes. The first one was, uh, I think it's universally liked. I don't. Th- I haven't really heard anyone who says they hate Terminator. Have you? If they do, they hate kitties and puppies, and they should be like <laughs> run over with a bus. And you know, machines that kill people in futures where machines rule the world. Exactly. How dare they? Yeah, but uh, I think Terminator Two is a strong story. It's very unique. James Cameron and his, you know, starting out. Uh, oh my gosh, it was James Cameron. Yeah, he did the first two. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so no and wonder. he hasn't he hasn't done any since. That's why the rest suck. <laughs> no, well, he's back for the last, one, the most recent one. He's Come producing back. it. He's not directing it. Oh, the guy who did Deadpool is directing it. Okay, I have high expectations because of like the background cast. Yeah, well, the fact that Linda, Linda Hamilton's back in it's pretty cool. Yeah, and so. and Arnold. You know, it's like Arnold was in the last one. Yes, but I don't know the fact that Linda Hamilton. And Arnold are in it. I just don't get like that's cool, but I just don't get why like why doesn't James Cameron just direct it again? Why it's, it's his baby? That's all he has to do. It's been shit every time he doesn't do it. It's one of those things where it's like a lot of directors they feel like they don't have the need to go back to their old projects because them it's like I've already been there, done that, and I succeeded. So why do it again? That would normally be true, but this is the same guy that wants to do like twenty Avatar movies. Because uh, I think it's like that's I think legitimately his baby, his creation, his everything. Where, like, he, I think, conceived it and waited for so long for the technology to advance so that he can produce the movie mm-hmm. the way he wants. And so that's why he loves it and has been trying to cradle it as much as he can. It versus could. Terminator, I'd say. That could be true. I'm not sure how much creative involvement he had compared to each one, but... Fair enough. That but, could be a yeah. fair point. But, I don't know, just... Ah, anyways, I'm going to get on a random why I hate Avatar. That's another episode in itself. But Terminator 2. Why I like Terminator 2. Takes a very good story, you know, classic, good old story that everyone knows of a dystopian future where machines rule the world and they send a machine to kill the mother of the guy who's supposed to lead the humans to resistance and then the humans also send somebody who uh, is supposed to stop that machine and that guy ends up being the father of the guy who leads the resistance and uh, fun ensues. And then the sequel takes that whole motif and takes the characters, you know, in a 10 years or so later when the kid when the kid who's supposed to be the uh, savior of the world, John Connor is already born and then it takes the same characters you know and shows dramatic character growth. So Linda Hamilton's character Sarah Connor, where you first saw her, she was just this, you know, 30 something woman just kind of going through life, didn't really have anything special to her. Now she's like seemed insane, she's in a mental institution and getting super strong, just waiting for the day the machines come back. So that's a lot of dramatic, interesting character growth. Then they take John Connor, this person who's, you know, you had a lot of buildup for him. He's supposed to be the savior of humanity. And then now you see him as a kid. You're like, this is the guy who's supposed to be the savior of humanity. It's kind of cool seeing how he turns out. And he's so just like, just rebellious and doesn't seem like he doesn't have, doesn't have his head on his shoulders. And then it takes the iconic Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, rather than making him the villain, they make him the good guy, which is a really interesting twist. So I like it when they take the same cast of characters but actually show dramatic, interesting growth, you know, change with the characters. And then you have the new villain where it kind of ups the ante from the last one. Now he's like this liquid metal T-1000 kind of guy. And, uh, yeah, more fun ensues. And I like also that it's like 
they had one per decade. You know, Terminator was in the 80s, Terminator 2 was in the 90s. It's kind of cool, like, having that dramatic difference in the zeitgeist of uh, just how things look, you know? I recall watching that movie, and I like how things went boom. <laughs> yeah, I think John's description was much better than mine, actually. That was a TLDR version of yours. <laughs> Pretty much. Like mine's better. Anyways, T2 is good. I liked it, too. I agree. It's definitely one... Because... When you first brought up the topic of, like, let's talk about sequels, right? Yes. I'm thinking, okay, well, I can't think of any good sequels. Um, but at the same time, I can think of a lot of bad sequels. And so this is one of the few I agree. Yeah, I know it's a good sequel. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's... A sequel will probably be like, all right, that's pretty good. Or, like, it's about the same. It's, you didn't get anywhere with the character development. You're saying you, you don't typically find sequels that are better than the original. Yeah, or they're about the same. Okay. So it, it doesn't really go far. Yeah. And if anything, I like to watch movies that entertain me. Mm-hmm. Or it's very uh, thought-provoking and captive. Capti- captivating. Captivating. That is the word that I'm looking for. So captivating. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that will make you think, right? Yeah. And so chances are those movies don't have sequels. Unless if it's like Sons of the Lambs. Arguably That's some of the sequels. That's another good example. Yeah. Some of the sequels. That's another good example, though. Um... So yeah, so usually those movies don't have sequels, but if they do, then chances are I'm turning off my brain just to watch it for the sake of watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so all right. So you're saying you want a sequel that's captivating and makes you think. Well, yeah, or just don't suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so all right, that works. Next movie I want to bring up that's bad sequel that we can all agree on was complete and absolute garbage was Godfather Two. Was that really considered garbage? <laughs> no, it's like the best sequel ever. I just thought oh. that'd be hilarious if you said that. I watched Godfather way too young, so I can't appreciate it, but I was going to say Jurassic Park 2. Not Jurassic World 2. Mm. Jurassic Park 2. Well, funny you mentioned that, Joe. I haven't seen any of the Jurassic World movies, so educate me. Why is it bad? Jurassic Park movies. Yeah, yeah. You're Why sure? are they bad? <laughs> um, At least the sequels. So let's say the first one, everyone knows the story. I don't need to say spoiler alert, but pretty much uh, you have John Hammond, a uh, rich billionaire, who basically found a way to recreate dinosaurs. And Is this Jeff Goldblum's character? No. Old, much older white dude. Um, white dude. Sam Neill? Doesn't matter. We'll get... He old and dead. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, and then, at the, then Jeff Goldblum has his famous quote of life finds a way. So initially the dinosaurs were created to be all, I believe, female. Mm-hmm. So it'd be more docile and not give birth. No male, right? Okay. But because they're injected with frog DNA to kind of fix the gaps between some of the missing DNA that they got from fossilized dinosaurs, um, life, quote unquote, finds a way to reproduce. Mm. So dinosaurs reproduce, they go aggro. Um, <laughs> kind of like a bunch of perfect storm stuff occurs. Mm-hmm. And so the dinosaurs are thriving, the security systems in this dinosaur park get shut down. And everyone evacuates. Mm-hmm. Now fast forward, Jurassic Park 2. Jurassic Park 2 what talks about a second island. An island of, I believe, uh, sci- like other development, other research that was taking place. Okay. So this is away from the first island. Okay. I think, or I might be getting that plot mixed up with Jurassic Park 3. Well, both 2 and 3 are bad, apparently, right? Uh, I feel like Jurassic Park 3 had more redeeming moments. <laughs> where... No, it was bad, but it had redeeming moments. Whereas Jurassic Park 2, it just felt like an entire, like, we're going to start the peak of Jurassic Park 1. And for some reason, this roller coaster just keeps going downhill. It is not going up. 
<laughs> it's missing a tire, and the last car is on fire. The tracks. And then it kind of tears off the tracks. Okay. Um, and so what happens is Jeff Goldblum has to go back to the uh, park for some whatever reason I don't recall. Um, he has, I think, like a, an adoptive, adopted daughter. And what happens when you bring a kid to a world of like just dinosaurs, right? Um, <laughs> they make poor choices. <laughs> and the entire time it's just like them trying to – it's – for whatever reason, they end up bringing the dinosaurs back. Mm-hmm. And during all that time, it's a lot of like the kids screaming, and I just cannot like why does this character exist? Why does she just die? Mm-hmm. Like when I'm watching a movie, and if there's a character that I thought I just it, when it's not the antagonist, yeah. So you would want the antagonist to die, unless if it's a good movie where you're actually rooting for antagonist, yeah. whatever. Which is why Infinity War is so good because you're actually rooting for the antagonist to a degree. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I want a protagonist to die. Why? Because that protagonist brought absolutely no relevance or. It's just awful. No, I think. Like, about who's it. the protagonist you want to die? Jeff Goldblum's like adopted daughter. <laughs> um, you want the daughter to die? Yeah, she's like a kid. I really wanted her to die. I think Jesus, I was watching it. Jesus, John. I think I was like about the kid's same age, and already at that age, I was thinking you're useless. I just want to see the dinosaurs. Why are you, you so here? You won't admit to what you do for work, but you'll admit on a live recording that you want <laughs> a little girl to die. I want a fictional character in a movie to die. Yes, <laughs> sue me. Um, so Jurassic Park 2 goes and they bring the dinosaurs to stateside Mm -hmm. and so that's actually kind of funny if you think about it because it kind of runs parallel with Jurassic World 2 where dinosaurs are on stateside did you see Jurassic World 2? yeah I heard terrible things I liked it (laughs) I heard it was aggressively stupid exact quote from the people who write honest trailers (laughs) um so there's definitely certain movies where it's like if you turn off your brain, right? Yeah, that's exactly what, absolutely that, entertaining. That's so funny because they mentioned that they like people always tell just turn off your brain, you'll be entertained. But then they just said there are so many flaws that it's like impossible to turn off your brain. Well, that, that was actually my issue with Jurassic Park too. Okay, where it's like I try to turn off my brain and I just saw it and I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> I just hate everything about this. Yeah, and that was the same thing with Godzilla. Oh my gosh, Godzilla will be on my list. Oh, okay, I Good hate job. Godzilla. Good job. Anyways, really smooth. Not bringing that up. By the way, I hate Godzilla so freaking much. Anyways, um, <laughs> what? I hated Godzilla, King of Monsters. Is that the last so one that much. came out? Yes. Oh, okay. I hate it. Wow. That's interesting. So, you hate, so much. That's very interesting that you hated Godzilla, King of Monsters, because I heard like somewhat decent reviews about that, but Jurassic World 2, I just heard, was absolute shit across the board. All right, I'll get to Godzilla in a bit right after this, just because okay. I'm hyped up now. That's fair. And amped. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was kind of just like when you thought more and more about this, it just... It just felt like such a rushed movie, and it was like riding the laurels of Jurassic Park one. That mm-hmm. it's kind of like where Marvel was like, "Hey, we can we can do no wrong, mm-hmm. and you're you're going to eat whatever like we churn out." Whereas in this case, Jurassic Park was like, "All right, you know what? We're going to be different. We're going to do this and that." <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, "Yeah, no, it's a hot piece of crap." Interesting. I gotta be honest. I still feel like I don't totally know why it sucks. <laughs> Let's do a T. I'll be fair. I'll be fair. I don't remember much. I just remember hating it. <laughs> I, I I remember watching it like once or twice okay. as a small child, uh-huh. and then never wanting to watch it again because I hated it that much, even wow. as a child. Damn. Okay. Okay. So moving on to Godzilla. Why? Wait, I hate wait, it so wait. We gotta do tit for tat. I said I want to talk about it immediately, not I'm a wide awake. Okay, okay, fine. All right, go into it. All right, all right. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, so gracious. Anyways, there's so much negativity. All right, so Godzilla, King of Monsters. People complain about how the first Godzilla didn't have enough Godzilla. Well, this time we're having a ton of Godzilla. 
But the entire time, we're watching Godzilla getting his butt kicked. While we're watching Godzilla getting his butt kicked, we're watching an eco-terrorist basically effectively becoming a sadist. Eco-terrorist? I didn't know that part. Who's in it? Yeah, so Godzilla, the king of monsters, it becomes a whole, like, oh my gosh, these monsters, they bring life back to the world. It's, so how they equated was... Um, Global warming is basically a fever. It's like an illness. And these ah, monsters... Now we're getting sociopolitical. When okay. they come back, when I these like monsters it. come back, it's effectively, they're the fever. No, no, they're like the uh, antibodies. Basically, okay. just set right with the world. Oh, um, interesting. I kind of so, like that premise. So as they destroy the world, as they uh, everywhere they go, they leave radiation. The radiation actually spurs growth. Okay. And so eco-terrorists, they're like, no, we want to like basically run these monsters amok. Um, Wait, the radiation spurs growth? Yeah. Like, so what kind of growth? Vegetation growth. Ooh, interesting. And it's not like Chernobyl? <laughs> no, not like Chernobyl. Yeah, but, there you um, go. Nice Chernobyl joke. <laughs> so, um, so there's a group of people. So if you watch Game of Thrones... Uh, the, I do watch the, Game of Thrones. Who was the main... The main Lannister guy? Jamie. No, uh, Jamie's dead. They're all dead. <laughs> no, Jamie's dad. Oh, oh, that guy. Okay, so he's the main eco terrorist. Okay. Um, he. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the premise of it was they wanted to help King Ghidorah, right? Okay. And King Ghidorah actually is an alien uh, monster. Mm-hmm. He's not a monster part of Earth. Okay. And so he's kind of like a parasite. Mm-hmm. And so he actually isn't going to. So, like the monsters, the point of them is like Earth's response, Earth natural response to bring it back to homeostasis almost. Let's the go. monster is a parasite, where it's just kind of just want to be king and rule and destroy everything. Yeah. So that's the difference. So that's why Godzilla needs to be saved, protected to fight King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I hated this movie so much was because I was amped going into this movie. Mm-hmm. All the movie reviews said there's a lot of violence. Uh, and so it's a terrible movie in terms of plot. Hmm. And so I was thinking, sweet, this movie's perfect. I go and watch it. And after, and I just walked out of there thinking, wow, I actually wasted two to three hours of my life watching this movie. And it was awful because it was that long, almost three hours. I don't remember. I just remember it just felt really long. It just was awful. So the entire time we're watching, it, it follows a family of three, mother, father, and a daughter. And just to clarify, the daughter is uh, Stranger Levin. Things or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Millie Bobby Brown. The yeah, mother is yeah, Vera yeah, Farmiga. Sure, I don't remember. The one in The Conjuring? Yes. John <laughs> <laughs> knows no actors. That's going to be a recurring theme on the podcast. I'm going to name an actor and have to name another movie just to get on the same page. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the mom is basically like, oh my gosh, I'm going to join this eco terrorist group because it's the right thing to do. And then halfway through, she's like, oh my gosh, I've been so wrong in my entire life. And wow. the dad is like the most sane person in the world. That's like y'all crazy, y'all stupid. Why are you doing this? But I really do need to save my daughter because my wife just kidnapped my daughter to join Eagle Terrorist Group. Wow. Um, yeah, that part sounds kind of rushed. I don't know. Maybe if no, it was. Literally Sometimes there's plots that you hear on paper and it sounds like shit, and the movie makes it work. But I don't know. That plot right now just sounded kind of. No, that's basically the point of it. And so when people said, "Oh my gosh, there was so much violence." I agree. There was a lot of destruction. There was a lot of fighting. So I think Godzilla did go toe-to-toe with King Ghidorah at least two or three times in the movie. Or the fights quite a bit. Were the fights good at least? I don't know because we're focusing on the humans fighting as well. Mm. Because you have the uh, the team that that 
kind of supports Godzilla, uh, like Ken Watanabe. Hey, an actor's name. <laughs> hey, there you go. Good job. So, man. like, his team was kind of, like, fighting against Godzilla, uh, the eco-terrorist team, and so there's a lot of human conflict in the background. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the monster fighting basically became relegated to the background, so it was pretty much maybe two minutes of monster fighting and then, like, ten minutes of human fighting, or five minutes of human fighting. So, like, the ratio just became more and more human-centric. So the complaint on the first one was you don't see Godzilla enough. Now you see Godzilla a lot, but the focus is just more on the humans, you're saying? Yeah. So it's like... Okay. The point of this movie, I was like, monster fighting, sweet, like Pacific Rim. It could be a terrible movie with a terrible plot. But the fights are good. But you know you're getting monster fighting. Yeah, you know what you're in for. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I was going in here, it was... Okay, so Mothra was in this. So for everyone who loves Godzilla, you have Godzilla, Mothra versus like a lot of the monsters because yeah. King Ghidorah became this other like beacon monster to control the others. Uh-huh. And Mothra, I see Mothra for a couple bits, maybe like two or three like good moves, but mostly just Mothra getting its ass kicked. Okay. And then Godzilla getting ass kicked primarily up until the end. But even then, it was literally just me watching human conflict so you're saying the humans got in the way of what you wanted to see exactly okay and so when people ask me like oh was the movie fun i felt like it was a waste of my time because my expectation was it's going to be great and so i started watching reading movie reviews from normal people Mm -hmm. average shows Mm -hmm. and they're all saying oh my gosh there's just the right amount of fighting Mm. and i'm sitting there thinking literally every single human being minus ken wanabe could have died and this movie would have been just that much better hmm. and okay. so that's why I hated this movie with an absolute passion I probably and so spoiler alert they're going to make Godzilla 3 with King Kong yeah that's what I was going to say um, I was going to is it the same King Kong that they made the first King Kong movie with possibly okay. possibly but yeah. because with that said I actually don't want to watch the third one anymore just because I'm so disappointed. Hey, you never know. It could be good. <laughs> How could it not be good? Godzilla, King Kong. That's going to be like a Pacific Rim in the making. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Freddy vs. Jason? <laughs> That's actually a good counterpoint, but <laughs> a little bit different. Horror is kind of its own thing. Horror is more, I feel like horror, you're more likely to find a lot of bad movies because there's so many of them. You know, there's like It's almost like there's no horror franchise that doesn't have a sequel. You know what I mean? At the same time, this doesn't go, like, off the rails. Like, it just goes crazy in their own world. Anyway, so that's my hot take. Did you see King Kong, by the way? I have not. I've heard... Actually, I don't know what I've heard. I actually surprisingly liked it. I thought it was hilarious. What was it called? Skull Island, right? Yeah, it was, like, really unintentionally funny. Like, I don't know. There was just... I can't even describe it. There are these moments... Sounds like it. No, I I can describe why it's a fucking awesome movie. And anyone... (laughs) I am very open to describing it at any point, but... Do you actually have the DVD I can borrow? It's the first one? Uh, no, no, no. The um, uh, Skull Island. No, I don't. I actually saw it at a friend's house. But it, I just thought it was like really funny because it would have these super dramatic, cheesy moments. It's like it knew what it was. Like There'd be a moment where like Godzilla walks by and Samuel Jackson like is staring it down. And then it'll do this like close-up on Samuel Jackson's face, slow-mo, like, like, like uncomfortably long slow-mo of Samuel Jackson just mugging it. And it would just have a bunch of like cheesy... Like, beyond cheesy moments like that throughout the movie, which made me think it was actually a comedy. Like, like a subtle, like, tongue-in-cheek. Like, this is action, but there's a sense of comedy to it, too, I kind of thought. But, I don't know. Then I kind of looked at it again, and it seemed like the director was totally serious the whole time. Like, did you see the Honest trailer debacle for that? 
Uh, I usually watch honest trailers after only if and after I've seen the movie. Well, actually, this is case is this is a special honest trailer case because uh, the people the uh, people behind honest trailers actually interviewed the guy who directed the movie, and he's made some comment like the interview was going well, and then he made some comment like, "Yeah, I'm not looking forward to you guys fucking tearing down my movie or something like that." Like, and then it got awkward, and then they were like, "Hey, do you want to actually like like come to like do the trailer for us?" He's like, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'll do the trailer." So he actually so they did like part of the trailer, and he actually like wrote half the honest trailer and he was basically saying like he's like look I'll call any like I'll admit I'll make any mistakes in the movie but he's like but I'm the one who's gonna say what the mistakes are I don't want other people saying what the mistakes are so he literally wrote his own honest trailer <laughs> oh my gosh actually I think, I think I did see the uh, Godzilla like honest trailer uh-huh. I think they also trashed Godzilla also oh the wait who trashed it honest, honest, honest trailers? trailers yeah no they actually yeah they just made honest trailer for the most recent one but they didn't really hate it that much they just they were kind of like split I feel like nobody nobody loved it nobody hated it it was just kind of in the middle you know I just recall them agreeing with me <laughs> <laughs> okay alright your point good movie alright good movie so I'm gonna go more on a personal take. So this isn't one of the ones that's notoriously referred to as one of the best sequels ever, but it's personally one of my favorite sequels. I'm talking about, huh? It's probably wrong. (laughs) Talking about none other than Rocky. Rocky Dose. Oh, I was actually right this time. (laughs) You said Rocky was Rocky Dose. (laughs) Because we're talking sequels, but uh, no, Rocky Two. So, do you know much about the Rocky movies, Jeff? You've seen a few, right? I need subtitles watching it because I don't understand what Sylvester Stallone is saying even till now. Yeah, it's. It, I, I've heard it's a more difficult language to understand than Japanese or Hungarian or Russian or Hungarian or but, German. Uh, German's actually or German's actually one of the easier languages to understand if you speak right, or, uh, English. It's the closest language to English. But anyways, fun fact. Um, yeah, Rocky too. So. Anyone not familiar with Rocky, the it's a you know it's kind of the classic underdog, one in a million shot guy. Never thinks never thinks he's gonna amount to anything. He's a lone shark. He's kind of a half-assed fighter, and he randomly gets this million in one shot where the world champion gives him an opportunity to fight him just to kind of show that he's like giving that America's the land of opportunity. Anyone can be the champion type thing. No one expects anything to happen. And I think nowadays you hear a movie like that, you expect the ending to be that the guy wins and like goes against the odds. But their version of going against the odds was him just like actually making it all 15 rounds and actually being like way more like of a contender than you'd expect. And then it's it's, like, it's funny, it's a boxing movie, so you think it's action, but it's really more of a drama. You know what I mean? Did you get that impression? Uh, Fighting good, antagonist bad. That's the impression that I got with Rocky. I really need to keep my topics a lot less deep for Jeff. <laughs> um, no strong... So this is going back on what I said, our fellow seven listeners. I'd say we're at least nine by now. Gotta keep bumping it up. Hey, by the time we're on, like, episode, like, 52, we'll have 52, like, guests. I mean, uh, viewers. <laughs> Anyways, so... We can get 52 guests, too. <laughs> Just make this a podcast orgy. So it's one of those things where it's like, if I don't... If there's something I hate and love, I'll definitely be strongly passionate about it. And but yeah, something like, I'm very neutral about it, then it's just like, violence good. Alright, well, I'll answer for this for you. Rocky is more of a drama. It's about character depth, it's about a real guy, it's trying to channel his emotions, how he feels about this, and boxing is kind of the metaphor for that. I guess. Rocky 2, though, Rocky 2, is, it picks up right after. And what I loved about Rocky 2, 
was Rocky 1 ends and the very last words of the world champion as the fight ends, Apollo Creed to Rocky says, ain't going to be no rematch. Rocky says, don't want one. So you think, okay, there's not going to be a rematch. That's how it ends, right? Wrong. Three years later or two years later, then you see the trailer for it and then the trailer, you specifically see the world champion. He's flustered. He's like, he's, he's, his world is shaken up. He like didn't expect this guy to be so good and he's thinking about, am I like the world champion that I thought I was? People are like doubting him and like, you know, saying he's not a real like world champion and whatnot, and he can't deal with it. His ego is like hurt, and he's he's very his sense of identity is like threatened by this guy who he gave a chance. He basically shot himself in the foot inadvertently by giving this guy a chance, and now he's furious and wants to fight him again. But Rocky's also dealing with this thing of like he wants to start a family. Do I really want to be a fighter anymore? But he's struggling. He can't do anything. He can't do anything else. He's not fitting into like a nine to five job. He's not that smart. He doesn't have that many skills. Fighting was his thing, but then. His wife doesn't want him to fight, so he's conflicted. He's conflicted. He doesn't know what to do. And meanwhile, the world champion is just gunning for him. He's just, like, like just wants to fight him. But Rocky's just, like, dealing with this shit. His wife, like, really won't give her blessing that he should fight. So then, eventually, some stuff happens. His wife basically gets in a coma. And then she wakes up. And then kind of real... They kind of both assess their situation. And then she gives him her blessing. And he doesn't have that mental block anymore. So he trains. He gets super strong. And then you see the rematch. You know what I fucking love, Ja? You know what I love? An underdog kicking ass? Yes, but more specifically, a rematch. Don't you love a rematch? Don't you fucking love when you see two people fight and then you wonder what's going to happen in the time between and then you see them fight again with how they change? I only like a rematch if and only if the person I like wins. That's kind of fair, but... <laughs> I feel like I just am a major buzzkill to you. <laughs> I'm like that consistent nagging like... We need the yin and yang. I have the good ideas, you have the shit ideas. Anyways... <laughs> I'm going to jab this mic up your ass, I swear. Uh, well, it wouldn't be the worst thing to go up the ass. It actually looks like it almost fit in a weird way. How big is your ass? <laughs> this is a really big mic. I'm just thinking of worse things that could go on my ass, Joe. But uh, anyways, yes, going back to Rocky. So rematch. I love a rematch. And the thing that's beautiful about this rematch is before the first one, it was kind of evenly matched. <laughs> Josh, Josh is picking cactus up my ass. I'm going to try to talk, plow ahead and talk about Rocky too. You're a plow ahead for sure, yes. <laughs> I'm not the one plowing if I have a cactus up my ass, but the cactus is plowing. <laughs> more specifically, Josh. Right I'm glad you're, glad you're feeling more positive. But uh, <laughs> I'm imagining a cactus up your ass. How positive is that? <laughs> the fact that you're imagining it and getting that much joy is really weird. What? May or may not be a fetish. What? <laughs> Moving on. Rocky, underdog. Hey, match. We all gotta get our kicks somehow. I ain't hating. But, uh, yeah. Going back to it. To the fight, Jaw. The fight. Do you want to know about the fight, Jaw? <laughs> Rocky wins, right? He does. But the thing that's nice about the sequel is the first one, it was, like, pretty, like, evenly matched. And then, like, throwing their blows. Dude, the second one, he's just getting the shit beat out of him. He doesn't get a single hit in. Like, most, like if you count how many punches, like, Apollo Creed hits or how many Rocky hit, it's probably, like, literally, like, Apollo Creed, I'd say, like, maybe, I don't know, 500 and Rocky, like, 
50. <laughs> like, throughout the whole fight, like, Rocky's just getting the shit beat out of him. The whole thing is everyone just keeps thinking he's going to get knocked down, but Rocky, again, is sticking with it, and everyone thinks he's totally going to lose by the 15th. They're just, like, they're telling Apollo, like, look, you don't have to do anything. Don't try to go for the knockout because you've won this. You've beat this guy to a pulp. He's just standing there. He's not doing anything. But then Rocky's sticking in it. He's staying in it. And then the very last, like, 30 seconds of the fight, he basically gets a second win. You see the guy come out of nowhere, eye of the tiger, just goes full at him, and then the way it ends. Do you remember the very ending of the fight? Wow, the way you describe it, I'm like, I do not recall any of this. <laughs> and it makes me question whether or not I've ever seen this movie. Yeah. You really, yeah, you seem like you don't analyze movies on this deep of a level. <laughs> You're kind of just like, quite good. No, this is one of those movies where I watched it younger. Okay. Oh, uh, okay, okay, another one of those. Okay, yeah. fair. But, um, yeah, so, the very last scene... So Rocky p- keeps punching Apollo Creed, keeps punching. They're both slugging. They're sluggish. They're just, uh, like, barely standing up. Rocky gets one last hit in. They both go down. Apollo goes slow motion. Apollo Creed goes up in the air. Rocky's, like, loses his balance. They both fall at the same exact time. Both down for the count. Both reaching for the ropes. Both trying to get up. And then it's slow motion. You hear the one, two. So Apollo's reaching for the rope first. Rocky's reaching, but he's slowing down. He falls a little bit. And then Apollo keeps grabbing for another. He gets the second rope. Rocky finally gets the first rope. Apollo gets the third rope. And then Rocky kind of falls again, and then he gets the second. And then Apollo gets the third rope. He's about to stand up, and then he slips and then falls down all the way. You see a shot of his wife going like, "Ah!" and then Rocky, at the very last second when it's on nine, stands up. And then you just hear, Ted, you're out. And then you see Rocky with the world championship belt. And it's a fucking beautiful moment. You know, I think I might want to rewatch Rocky now. Doesn't that sound interesting? It sounds interesting, right? It sounds interesting. Yeah. You have captivated and caught my attention. Man. All right. I'm glad I could do that between all the images of cacti going up my ass. <laughs> all right. My turn. Actually, how many do you have left on your list? I got three more. I was just going to do whatever fits the time. I got, I got sequels on sequels, Joe. Hmm. All right. Last bit, you just named them all. Hmm? Last okay, bit, we you can just named them all. We can do um, that. All right. Next movie I want to bring up is uh, Avengers. Age of Ultron. That's fair. And the reason why I'm I'm saying MCU in general. Actually, no, I could totally talk about Iron Man. 3. Okay, I'm not going to talk about Iron Man three. Let's <laughs> not open that can of worms of despair, depression. Jaws favorite movie. Second only to Godzilla. <laughs> no, first Godzilla second. Anyways, um, <laughs> Age of Ultron. Um, where do I begin with this dumpster fire? I, I just want to caveat, it's nice that we're talking about an Avengers movie and we agree on it. Because <laughs> if you recall, we've had two discussions about Avengers sequels and we have, uh, All right. you know, agreed on some things but disagreed on most. Let's, so, I would say that in the entire MCU, the movie that I hated the most was Iron Man 3 because I would almost walked out because... So, it's one of those things where it's like, alright, I understand now that you can't keep... You can't rehash the same thing over and over. What I mean by that is you can't take the same exact comic book story and make the exact same comic book movie. Yes. You have to make differences. Mm-hmm. I understand that now. That now I'm a 26-year-old mature person. You're only 26? Yeah. Damn. I'm turning 27 in like two weeks. But, oh, okay. Um, Happy early birthday. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, so, with... Um, so, it's like all those things where it's like, okay, you can make these creative differences, these choices... But they've got to stick the landing. They can't suck. They've got to be, oh, that's a cool twist. I like what you did with that. So, for example, Thanos, why he's such a powerful character was instead of the whole I need to tempt mistress death, it's 
I'm going to annihilate half the world because I saw my world fail. For anyone who doesn't read comic books, Thanos in the comics likes this character named Death and wants to impress her by killing half the population. I love your energy. Moving on. <laughs> um, and so in this case with Age of Ultron, this one was one of those things where it's like we made a bunch of creative decisions and at the same time us directors and the studio we just couldn't figure out what we wanted and so this is actually one of the movies where like i first learned about how mcu like the movie was held hostage by the studio hmm. interesting i actually didn't know that so i believe the director was josh whedon at the time yeah, it was. and so uh josh whedon actually there's a specific scene he wanted to cancel he wanted to cut in age of ultron so for the people who don't know what the premise of this movie was, it's pretty much the Avengers team unite together and they end up finding this uh, another Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. And so Tony Stark, Iron Man, he gets this vision of, hey, I need to protect the world. I need to stop this alien invasion. So therefore, I need to make this super str- smart AI. He ends up accidentally making a killer, killer. android <laughs> machine called Ultron. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes a story of the Avengers versus Ultron. Ultron basically makes an entire machine army. And so what sucked was it was kind of like it felt very rushed. It was like a lot of plot points. They're trying to slap it together to try to make it relevant and make it a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, these are mutants. They cannot be explicitly called mutants. Because Marvel at the time, Fox yeah, at the time Fox owned the rights to Fox the is, name mutants. Fox is X Men, but Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch they were Avengers mm-hmm. in the original comic book source material, so they had a little bit of leeway to play around with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of inserted them. That wasn't too bad. That was fine. But the whole vision of Iron Man going off on the deep end with that, it was just very. It felt kind of forced. That was one point. But the biggest issue was Thor. During one of the major fights, Thor, Thor went off. Really? You think Thor was the biggest issue? That's interesting. No, not so, that I disagree. No, not Thor himself, but uh-huh. a specific scene. Oh, you mean his problem. Yeah, so what happened was he had a vision. And this vision was concocted by Scarlet Witch. She has mm-hmm. hex magic. Mm-hmm. And for, some, for whatever reason, which they don't fully explain, which just felt so... You have to take it for what it is or mm-hmm. else... Um, well, you got to deal with it. Yes. And so Thor basically had a vision of, uh, some, of something bad happened. And he immediately assumed that, oh my gosh, this is a vision by the gods. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I need to investigate this. But really, it was a vision concocted by another person that was irrelevant to what I was thinking. And for some reason, it just happened to be a coincidence that his vision led to something else. So he decided to go to a special well where his ancestors... Um, I guess it was like hallowed ground or something. Mm-hmm. And so this is the scene, if you recall, that he dips in water and like tries to enhance his visions again. Um, and for the oncoming threat of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And so one of those things where it's like, you don't know that was actually hallowed ground. They just said, I need to go investigate this. And he goes into water and comes out, I need to prepare for Ragnarok. And everyone's like thinking, okay, well, what the hell are, is any of this? Like, how does Scarlet Witch's hex magic equal to vision of the impending world doom. So you're just saying they threw in a lot of shit that like didn't feel like it fit together and it's too much. No, it didn't fit together at all. And Josh Green actually wanted this scene to be gone. Mm, okay. He was about to cut that. Mm. But then all of a sudden the studio said, hey, no, we want that. And if you don't have that, this movie's not happening anymore. You know? Yeah. 
I actually agree with your take for the most part because I actually leaving Ultron. <laughs> like how you lean back. I think that's inadvertently showing shock that we agree on a movie. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I was just lean, like I, know, I was just adjusting. Myself. I know. Look like you lean back in shock, but uh, which called no. Um, I I pretty much agree because I thought the first Avenger was pretty solid. I mean, the only thing that kind of bugged me was Josh Sweden's style. I feel like he's very like quippy, but in a cheesy way. You know? Like, oh, I 100 percent agree. So but, like not like good quips. Like in my mind, they were like. There were, like, they were passable in Avengers, but in Avengers Age of Ultron, I just thought the quips were fucking so cheesy, so bad. Like, just, like, do you remember the uh, language? That whole, like, recurring joke through the whole thing? Yes. Yeah. Just, like, Captain America, which if somebody says, like, son of a bitch, and then Captain America's like, language, and then everyone's like, did Cap really just say language? And then the whole movie is, like, a recurring thing where they're just like, oh, shucks, darn it, don't say that, and then... Like Captain America says, like, oh, Fury, you son of a bitch. And then and then he's like, oh, you kissed your mother with that mouth. And it's just, I just thought it was really dumb and not funny and just kind of like, it's just like, you know what it feels like, John? <laughs> I know this is your movie, but I need a vent for a second. Go it for it. Like, the fact that you're agreeing, I'm like, all right, go for it. It feels like friends. when you're at a work party. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting too specific here. It feels like when you're at a work party and everyone's in good spirits and they're making these, like, jokes, but they're not that good. They're just kind of, like, casual and then, like, they're getting way too excited about them. You just can't relate and it turns you off so much because they're laughing at a joke that's not that funny and everyone's had this happy vibe that you're just not into. And you need a little bit of negativity <laughs> with your dark, cynical humor. That's how I felt with that language joke. Anyways, Josh, I'll all let right. you get back to your... <laughs> Another plot point actually I did not like about Ultron was right. um, so this goes back to actually kind of it goes actually against what I said earlier of like if you make if you make I understand that you make creative choices that may be different from the source material I uh-huh. get that uh-huh. but I felt like they dropped the ball hard on this one with this choice of so if you read the comic books if any time you ever read about Ultron Ultron is basically like quote unquote if you guys watch Far From Home an Avengers level threat. Basically, anytime when they fought Ultron, the whole world is already screwed. Like, Ultron basically takes over an entire city. He's a dangerous mofo. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, half the people that he interacts with becomes either under his control or dead or some degree. Okay. It got to the point where, in the comic books, the only way to stop him was for Hank Pym to absorb Ultron. Hmm. And basically, he becomes a hybrid android. Wow. That's also, like, part crazy. Wow, you know it's funny you say that. Apparently, there's something in the comics that just happened where Iron Man like fused with the suit. Oh yeah, that's the extremis. Um. Anyway, side tangent. Yeah. So yeah, no. So like when I saw Ultron, I didn't feel that threat. It was just, hey, I'm gonna pick up this entire city and make a giant asteroid. No, it was just, it was like very simple. It was like like any other villain, like very shallow thing. Whereas Ultron, it didn't give me the impression of like the world is doomed. Like everyone's enslaved by technology like absorbed to become an android like it didn't give me like apocalyptic level threat that's fair no i get that you need yeah. a badass villain there i do hate that when you don't have a villain who you really yeah. actually so take seriously i dig the casting choice the guy who played ultron was a guy on blacklist I he think, has a good voice but yeah the way i didn't like his dialogue strings you're all controlled by strings you know that thing i was just like oh uh, i think was okay with what that. are you even talking about but in the like i felt like it was a great casting choice but it's like James Spader. That's his name. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't stick the landing. And so that's why Age of Ultron will probably be my second least favorite or mm-hmm. second most hated yeah. movie in the entire MCU and honestly should have an asterisk because it was just that god awful. 
Yeah, I basically agree because I think I remember what like leaving that movie just thinking, God damn, that's a lot of movie, and like not in a good way. Like I felt like exhausted, but like I just saw too much where it didn't really fit, and I just thought. I remember thinking that like the third Captain America was going to be an absolute mess, and that was going to be the trend of these movies, like just having too much. Because I remember thinking, okay, that movie felt like it was way too exhausting. There's too much. And then the next movie is supposed to be Civil War where they have all the characters and then they're dealing with the Bucky thing. I'm just like, how are they going to make this work? They can't make it work. And then I see Captain America Civil War and it ends up being my favorite MCU movie and to this day, probably in the top three. Funny. Because there's a way to fit these things in a way that cohesively works and seems like a really good engaging narrative. And I just think Age of Ultron didn't do it. it just had, like you said, it wasn't cohesive. It just had a bunch of loose ends coming all together. Whereas to me, Civil War was perfect. And I know you didn't like Civil War, Jenna. Well, actually, my biggest issue now the only issue I can say with Civil War is the Sokovia Accords. Okay. So I think I met brought it up to you before. So in the comic books, um, the reason why we have the Superhero Registration Act was basically vigilante heroes that are like ill-prepared trained yes. felt like they can make a name for themselves to take down some A-list villains. The A-list villain pretty much said, hey, I'm by a school and you're really going to try to stop me? I'm just going to go nuclear now and just kill everyone around me. Hmm. And so he did that. And so the registration act came about was because they didn't want anybody with a costume to uh, stop these supervillains thinking, and they basically don't have a, any control, any training. So they want some type of accountability, some type of uh, level of like, okay, well, we have the elite taking care of things and not just an amateur mm-hmm. where we cost the lives of an entire school. Yeah. I'm just full of kids. Whereas this one was, uh, yeah, so Scarlet Witch accidentally blew up something and like three people died. And we're also going to address the Battle of New York and said that was Avengers' fault for causing this trouble when Mm -hmm. really, well, literally aliens were invading. I think we're getting on to a whole other topic. This is probably not related to the whole sequel thing, because I think... Oh, that's not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. That's your... I think we've had this recurring topic where a lot of times you're disappointed with the Marvel movies because you know the comic book material, and when they don't, like, do it in a way that you would like, like, in the way you envisioned it, that's when you feel, like, disappointed, right? Comic books are just so much more epic. <laughs> Anyways, moving on, Vince. That's they, so funny. I they totally, a positive I thing. totally disagree. I think the movies are way better. Because I don't read the comics, so when I just see the... I, like, loosely know that Civil War was a comic, and then when I see Civil War, I don't go in with this thought. That's why I think it's amazing. You know what's funny? Right now, I'm, like, watching an anime uh for a manga that I've completely finished, and I'm thinking, damn, the manga is so much better. (laughs) Then I realized, oh, everything was so much more epic and exaggerated, and when I see the anime, I'm like, why is this so toned down? Why is the volume so low? Why is there less violence? I don't know. So it was just like... I thought you were going to have a hook to that. <laughs> I no. thought you were going to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, so no, it was just like very... Um, the imagination is a very powerful thing. Okay. And when it came to these things, it was just like, man, this is so much epic. That's interesting. So you like... Uh, okay, that's fair. So you like you like the comics and the manga more because you like imagine what's happening along with it. Yeah, I, I feel like I put more emphasis on a lot of things. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like I like the movies and the TV shows for adaptations more because I like just seeing a cohesive story where you can just, like you said, turn your brain off a little more and just kind of go for the ride. But that's a whole other topic. We're going to go back to sequels, aren't we, Joe? All right, what's your other one? I think we got time for one more each. So, <sighs> nah, okay, one more for you, and then we'll just go off our list because I started off with it. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, you already did too. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say Star Wars. And with Star Wars... <laughs> all right, continue. Continue, Vince. I'm going to caveat this one a little because Star Wars is a little all over the place. But I think, understandably, everyone would agree Empire Strikes Back is one of the best sequels ever. Correct? I watched that way too young for me to honestly care, to be honest. Did you watch every sequel that's ever been made when you were, like, five? <laughs> There's a lot of movies that I watched when I was a lot younger because Blockbuster was an amazing and wonderful creation conceived by God and then something called Redbox took over and ruined everything. I do miss Blockbuster, but I, I got nostalgic when it showed up in Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one in Oregon. Have you heard that? There's like okay, one I, last blockbuster. No, it's alive. funny. It's like every now and then I see it had like the last remaining blockbuster, <laughs> and then the article would caveat. By the way, there's like two more in other states, <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> hey, that's good. I'll take them more than merrier. Fuck it. Um, and Hollywood Video. Nobody ever mentions Hollywood Video, but the I was blockbuster was better. Okay. Hey, fuck, dude. I'll take either one at this point. Wouldn't you? Okay. If they said you can only get one, would you take Hollywood Video, or would you just say no? Wait, wait, so if... If they said you could get Hollywood video or nothing. Or fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood video is still good. I'll but, concede. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, Star Wars. So, Empire Strikes Back. So, New Hope came on. It's this new groundbreaking phenomenon. Like, what is Star Wars? Everyone's obsessed with it. So, anytime you have a movie like that, what's the easiest thing to have happen? I'll Dude. answer, Josh. Disappointment. Because <laughs> it, it, it never lives up to this, like, when you catch lightning in a bottle, it's never going to happen, you know? I feel like I disappoint you a lot, Vince. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vince. <laughs> I mean, that that actually took a direction I wasn't expecting, no. But uh, you do disappoint me, job. but I actually, Shut up and continue. I wasn't thinking of that at this moment. <laughs> but, uh, no. So, Empire Strikes Back. Who would have expected that it's just as good as A New Hope? Because New Hope was this groundbreaking phenomenon. Speaking from a guy who was born in 1992 and had no idea of what this was actually like and has only seen Star Wars documentaries. I, I From what I've heard, A New Hope was just groundbreaking and uh with Empire Strikes Back they defied the odds and actually took the story and took it to new heights and like upped the ante in a way that made it engaging because you have these characters the whole story is you know Luke is um this new Jedi learning things and there's a Sith and he's learning that his parents were killed by a guy named Darth Vader and uh Luke ends the movie by training to become a Jedi and um you know space antics ensue and uh, the biggest, one of the best twist reveals of all time, you know, that uh, that little guy, Darth Raider, actually happens to have not killed Luke's father because he is Luke's father. I don't even need to say it. Everyone knows the line. <sighs> I'm your father. Yep, exactly. And, uh, yeah, just the icon. The fight itself is pretty terrible, I think. <laughs> Anyone can watch that fight. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, like, stiff. But, uh, no, it's just, I think... Something about the Star Wars movies that just like at least the original trilogy. There's it's just a fun universe when you're in it. You're just hooked because it's fun. Even you can watch like seventy year old Alec Guinness fight a guy in a Darth Vader suit in the worst lightsaber fight, one of the worst lightsaber fights known to man, and you still love it. So that whole universe is just fun. And I think with the Empire Strikes Back, even though the action wasn't crazy crazy good, the story was just so in, in, like gripping. And took things to new heights and kept it engaging. It has one of the best twists of all times that you're just constantly hooked. And it's, I think it's legendary. It's just a line that everyone says now. You know, the Luke, I am your father thing. It's like, it's it's like a trope that's like been used in movies and uh, TV shows nowadays too. Of like unexpectedly having a surprise character be the father of like a main character. So, yeah. So, Empire Strikes Back. I think we agree. One of the best sequels, right? Let me guess. I saw it when I was five. I don't remember. So, <laughs> I actually didn't enjoy the uh, 
the original trilogy because you didn't enjoy because I felt the action scenes were so lackluster. <laughs> but that was like but the we're really that, learning like, that John just needs good action. That's all he needs. <laughs> no, that was literally how to get my attention as a kid. If it didn't have action, I didn't care. And so yeah. the reason why I hated the original trilogy was because the lightsaber fights. Because like, okay, the first thing I ever saw in my life was Phantom Menace, right? And so you had Darth wow, Maul that was fighting. The first one you saw? Yeah. Jesus. So you had Darth Maul fighting with Qui Gon and one, right? <laughs> so you have an amazing fight scene there. Yes. And then when you tell me to watch Luke fight uh, Darth Vader or Obi Wan fighting Darth Vader, which is just literally, s- I flail my sword kind of. Yeah. Like yeah, of course I'm gonna like Phantom Menace better as a child because it was so much more flashier. They use aerobics. Uh, they basically almost invented their own fight style with this. Uh, movie series whereas in the beginning it was just like bam bam that was it and so that's why I preferred the uh, the one one two three instead of four five six that's very interesting John you are the first person I've ever heard who said they saw the new trilogy the prequels first because everyone I feel like it's just like I feel like I I get embarrassed anytime I admit to liking anything from a prequel because everyone says they're like notoriously the worst well, I'll explain it in a way that was probably a little bit more understandable and digestible. Um, Is that an insult? I can't tell. No, I'm just... I just brought a different <laughs> perspective. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know. You basically just said the fights were good, but I feel like... Do you actually think the prequels are better than the originals? Looking back now. Oh, I think they're all stupidly long. <laughs> so you don't like any of the Star Wars movies? I like Revenge of the Sith. Okay, that's a prequel. Yeah, I like Force Awakens. You didn't like any of 4, 5, and 6? Like I said, Damn, it was the this same is thing. Like, it was just that, like, it just felt slow. The action <laughs> was like, okay, well, I'm used to this level of action. And that's, because that movie was 10, 20 years before my time, you basically, standards were different. Yeah, that's funny. You basically just devil's, at, devil's advocate the whole thing I was saying earlier. I was saying, like, the fights aren't, like, good, like, but you're still liking it just because the universe is fun. I think that most people... Well, actually, I read the books. I read, like, the Jedi <laughs> Apprentice books and such and really enjoyed that Universe. It was the Jedi Princess was prequel to Qui Gon, and yeah, just like I read a few of those. But did, so. so, did you read those before you saw the original movies? It was after. Huh. Yeah. So, all right. Funny thing, real quick while we wrap up, actually. So the movie I was going to say. I'm wrapping up. I got shit to talk about, Joe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not done with Star Wars. So I just got a little more data. So, John's uh, John, opinion, like usual, threw off my whole tangent. <laughs> <laughs> and ideas that I was going to have, but it's fine. That's what we do, right, Joe? Shut your mouth and finish. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> That's fair. I'm hoping you just go to sleep by the time I talk so I can just talk for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I'm sleeping over then. <laughs> uh, no, so, yeah, Star Wars. So the first trilogy is, like, known as, like, you know, the classic trilogy that everyone remembers, except for Joe, <laughs> because the fight scenes weren't good. The prequels came after and obviously there was a lot of time between them and everyone got excited for him and thought it was going to be awesome and then looking back on him a lot of people really don't like the prequels and they think they just like didn't catch the mystery of like the original star wars movies and they added too much jedis became boring it got too stiff like the acting was kind of bad like do you remember hayden christensen in those movies the guy that played anakin did you think he was a good actor the same the theme the scene when he said he hates sand <laughs> so too grainy. i did find it very weird that Somebody of Padme's age would fall for somebody at Anakin's age. Hmm. That at that when I first saw it at a very young age, I thought in the real world that would almost never happen. But in your overall opinion of the movies, do you think he was a good actor? 
I never thought about that, to be honest. <laughs> I have not seen those movies since I first saw them. Uh, okay. This is why we'd be good at reviewing movies. We look at movies 100% opposite. <laughs> How long have we been going, Joe? Uh, sorry, what was the question? How long have we been going? I don't know. An hour? I don't know. <laughs> you looked at the computer really confused. No, a weird pop-up came up on a computer, and I'm like, that does not look good. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Is it a cacti up the ass or something? Uh, if only. <laughs> Anyways, so, no crisis. Anyways. So yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So, Star Wars is just interesting, I think, because the originals are good, everyone hates the prequels, and then they made the new Disney ones, and to me, people seem to like the Disney ones, but the Disney ones annoy me, because I think they're just kind of, it's low-hanging fruit, they're just copying the shallow parts of what people liked about the originals and they're not doing anything actually original with it they're just really copying like the most basic things that people liked about four five and six but not actually adding that flair that george lucas had for it with the originals so i don't know just interesting because who the hell said that they actually like the new disney's versions a lot of people a lot of really? people really like force awakens Last Jedi, I actually have seen some people who really like Last Jedi. It's funny, because I've heard the complete opposite of people just saying, we enjoyed it for what it is, and it's new and updated, but the very core of it, it's just a rip-off uh, Return of the... What was the first one? New Hope. A New Hope. Yeah. It's basically, basically just a rip-off of A New Hope. Yeah, that's so, exactly what I said. Yeah, no, yeah. it really is. I mean, it's like so, Death Star, bigger Death Star, and then like the older character, Obi-Wan, Han Solo, they both die, and then fucking... Uh, Jedi fan found on an abandoned planet gets a lightsaber and it has force potential. Great, Luke. You know. Same yeah. Thing. No. So Noah, I knew actually really liked if for what it is, they mm-hmm. just enjoyed it because it was something new. Yeah. Yeah. So no. Um. Okay. The thing is that the worst sequel I was going to say was Last Jedi <laughs> because. All right. We'll get into just our remaining sequels. We'll just spit them off. Yeah. No. So I thought it was terrible because why? Literally the whole, um, what's that character's name that I hate so much? Kylo Ren? No, he's actually fine. <laughs> you like Kylo Ren? Compare the other two I'm about to say. Oh, Finn geez. and... Oh, you hate Finn? Well... Wow, racist. Only in light. <laughs> well, it won't be racist when I say the other girl. Oh, what's the girl's name? Uh, not Ray. Yeah. Oh, the Asian one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck. Anyway, so the Asian girl and the black girl, I'll hate them. <laughs> God, what was her name? So, basically, if y'all have seen The Last Jedi, their plot... I think somebody made the comment on this. The movie could have gone on perfectly. Rose. Rose. So, Rose and Finn. Mm -hmm. If they did not exist, the movie would have flowed, and nothing would have... Like, it wouldn't have skipped a beat. Mm -hmm. And the very last scene where Rose pushes Finn out of the way, because Finn was about to sacrifice himself to save the rest of the Resistance. Yes. She said, no, we can't stoop... I'm paraphrasing. No, we can't stop them at their own level or play their own game. We have to beat them with love. And I'm just thinking, Finn was about to sacrifice himself because of love and care for the resistance. Mm-hmm. For a hope. Yeah. And you just said, we need to beat Fuck them with love. Fuck you, sacrifice, bitch. <laughs> and they're literally about to die with a giant energy beam cannon. Yeah. Girl. Ryan Johnson, the director, are y'all stupid? <laughs> and I said it out loud in the theater. Everyone behind me, front of me, left and right, within like a three-seat radius, laughed at what I said. And what I said was, <laughs> I hope you die. I was doing stand-up comedy from now on. <laughs> I said straight up in the There's theater. There's an audience looking out to hear him. And I'm Asian, she's Asian, and I'm, and she's like the first Asian protagonist, main character lead, 
in a Star Wars movie, and I was like, sweet. Saw the movie. Oh my gosh, I hope she dies a horrible, painful death. I hope Kylo Ren literally slashes her face in half. Because what the hell is that scene? Jeez. And also the whole... It's getting really dark. The whole, what's the other thing? Uh, Leia having force powers to be able to survive Mary, the vacuum. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. She's able... Powers. Okay, that's fine if she has force powers. I get that. Yeah. The whole Minichlorian, Skywalker bloodline. Get it. Sure. But the way she did it was pretty bad. But she literally survived the vacuum of space... And it just looked whack. It just looked like Almost super... unscathed. It really looked like Mary Poppins. Like, the way she would just, like, randomly put out her arm and then just, like, froze that way and then flowed, like, super... Like, you've never seen the Force used that way. I mean... No. I, have, I will say... Sorry. I have not had heard a single instance of a Jedi, anyone surviving the vacuum of space. Yes. I will say, like... I think with The Force Awakens, like you are mentioning, that it was, like, a rehashing of, like, A New Hope. So, with The Last Jedi, on one hand, I want to respect the fact that they tried something completely different and did things, but the things they tried just didn't work. They took gambles that didn't work. Like, that's a perfect example. Like, like surviving, like, using the Force to survive space. Like, yeah. It's, it's kind of, I like that they're trying new things, but I just don't think it worked. And you know what's thing, one thing, this is really random, and kind of off topic, but that bugs me, but... Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Oh, why? It, when it was first announced, I think everybody was like, oh shit, that looks cool. And at the same time, there was a little thought in the back of your mind of like, at the same time, what purpose does that have? It doesn't do anything. Oh, And I, um, and I thought maybe two actually, movies would have like shown a purpose, but I can't think of one scene in either movies where it actually did anything cool. I can actually explain. Oh yeah? Okay. Okay, so you know how the hilt has like energy beam savers, right? So basically the point right. of it is like when you go up close, yes. you can, um, let me see if I can pull out my knife. <laughs> sure. So basically you have the, at the hill, right? Or okay. Actually it might be easier. All right. So if you got, if you're guarding against each other, right, you can easily kind of like tilt your blade a little bit closer uh-huh. to stun the other person with that edge, with your hilt. That's, uh, uh, an energy beam saver, whatever, right? Okay, like, yeah. And so it's, like, basically more for close corners where you're able to kind of get that edge, you kind of squeeze in one more hit to basically try to disarm them and at least kind of, like, almost not a parry, but to um, startle them enough where, like, you might get the advantage to get an opening. But couldn't it very easily, like, just push against you? If you're holding it in the wrong direction and somebody hits you in a way that you weren't expecting, you could just stab yourself with it. <laughs> I mean, that's arguably why how the phrase of the uh, double-edged sword comes about, right? Kind of, but with... Yeah, yeah well, so, yeah, well no, not exactly, true. no, because a double-edged sword is like a sword, but usually with swords like that, like, well, I don't know. I mean, the phrase of it, you know? Yeah, the phrase kind of, but yeah. like, I feel like when you see swords like that, the thing that they have, the lightsaber, I don't even know how to describe it, so the hilt, I guess you would say, where it has two lightsaber things, like, usually that's not, they're not blades, you know what I mean? They're just mm-hmm. like plastic. So sure. if it hits you, it's fine, because or not plastic, sorry. You know, whatever, metal. metal. It's a guard. Yeah, it's not like, it's not the actual sword sword part. Whereas with the, the thing that's different with the lightsaber, it's like the all three parts are like lightsaber parts. So it's different, you know? Yeah, so no, it's the point of like, I think getting that, I'm speculating to really give you as much advantage as possible if, hey. you, if push comes to shove. But, uh, no, you're right. It can be used against the person. Yeah, that could very well be the case. I just feel like they haven't illustrated. Like, I feel like in the whole movie, they haven't shown an advantage to it. Like, it looks cool, yes, but, like, I don't know. Are you excited for the new one? (laughs) J.J. Abrams is directing it, and so, basically, it sounds like they're tearing it from the ground up. 
Yeah. And redoing it. So if they're doing that, I have hope. I'm excited. <laughs> if they're building upon Ryan Johnson, I'm. He was on Twitter. Remember where he worked? Yeah, I and left so, by that time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I did see him and I was excited. I was like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Saw the <laughs> I'm movie. sure this movie will be everything awesome. you may. Finally disagree with everything you stand for. <laughs> and here we are. Did you like Looper? He also did that movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis. So funny thing, it was... I I had a choice with my friends to watch that or Juno. <laughs> and so, so the, no two my movies could be farther apart. My friends forced me to watch Juno yeah. and I forced them to watch Looper. No two movies could be farther apart. And I hated Juno and loved Looper because they made me compare Juno to Looper. Because uh, you were in a mood just to watch Looper? I was in a mood to never watch Juno, period. Really? I don't know. I'd watch Juno. I don't mind. Well, I it's hate not the it worst so movie. Much. Let's see. What's the worst movie to watch? You know a movie I really don't want to see? What? Uh, what's that fucking Lady Gaga movie? Star is Born? God damn, that movie does not... That just looks like... You want to not have a good time? Watch this fucking movie. It's funny <laughs> how you say that because everyone I've ever met says that's an amazing movie and I should watch it. Really? Except the reason why I don't watch it was because it came out the same day as Venom on my birthday. (laughs) And I just thought, and people are like, hey, why would you watch Venom? I'm like, it's my birthday. Why the hell would I want to watch A Star is Born? (laughs) That must mean your birthday was basically a year ago. Yeah. And well, this time around my birthday, The Joker's coming out. Oh, dude, that's a movie so, I'm excited for. You know I movies know. I'm excited for, Ja? Let's let's quickly derail this podcast topic and just talk about movies we're excited for. Joker. Joker. That's one. And? Doctor Sleep. Have you seen that? I am so... I'm holding my... I, I, I'm I'm setting my expectations low for that. I am. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way, but at the same time, I have a little bit of faith because the director has done good shit. Have you seen uh, Oculus? No. Oh, gosh. Is that the super scary one? <laughs> well, the guy's a horror director, so I hope so. Uh, the one with Karen Gillan, red-haired girl. I know Oculus, but I don't know who he- Oh, Karen Gillan, yes. Yeah, she's in it. Do you recognize that one? Yes. All right. So you've seen it? <laughs> Oculus, no. <laughs> the conversation went all over the place. Okay, Oculus- Wait, is she Jumanji? Yeah, she was. She's hot. Yeah, she is hot, but uh, she also plays Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. She's not hot in that. <laughs> Really, you don't like bald, blue, blue skin chicks? Um, you just said everything. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> That's my fetish. Um, Ew. What was I going to say? No. So he's done that movie. You haven't seen Hush, have you? I feel like I'm just going to bring up things you've never seen. Wait, this has nothing to do with the Batman one, right? No. It's a horror movie. Basically, it's no. a deaf girl who has a guy try to break into her house. Oh, no. Um, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Uh, heard of it, but no. Basically, <laughs> this guy directed all of those movies, and they're all really good. They're all really good horror movies that I like. Haunting of Hill House. Did you hear yes. that show? Oh, yes. He directed that. Oh, so, cute. Basically, he's directed all these horror stuff, horror oh, movies that are good. Movies, and he's directing this. Because you've seen The Shining, right? Yes. And did you like it? I forget. Uh, I didn't see why. I don't understand why it was scary. But it's a good movie, no? Uh... <laughs> I watched it for what it was and just didn't understand why it was a scary movie. Okay, fair enough. But, uh, I don't know what, I think this looks good. I think, I'm, from what I read of the book, it sounds really interesting. Oh, it's a book! Yeah, Stephen oh, King wrote it. I don't know. Did you know Stephen King made The Green Mile and The Shawshank Redemption? And Stand By Me? <laughs> I think I just, might have heard the first two, but never the third one. He's never, he, like, he, he, it's so weird because you think of him as just this horror sci-fi guy, but he's actually made, like, two of the best movies of all time. Or at least the books were written for him. Very nice. Yeah. 
Not a nice mood. Any uh, other sequels you want to talk about, Joe? Or movies you're excited about? Rambo, Last Blood. <laughs> oh, actually, my brother asked me if I wanted to watch that tonight, and I said, no, I already got plans. Oh, damn. Well, you had the dinner plans, though. Actually, no, it was dinner plans. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm going to see Rambo, Last Blood. I think I'm going to watch it. Why? Guess got why? bad reviews. But guess why I'm going to watch it anyways? Because it's got action. Actually, yeah. <laughs> and I still really want to watch Hobbs and Shaw. I'll watch that. Oh, my gosh. I'm actually really, like, upset that I haven't seen that yet. I'm upset I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've been fucking dying to see that movie. Go watch it. I've, dude, I've wanted to. I'm the only one that's boycotting it. Well, you're really? Oh, yeah, because of the Bruce Lee scene. Yeah. Oh, can we end on that note, John? Let's talk about the SNL thing, because I'm very curious for your hot take on it. All right. Explain what happened about the whole SNL thing. All right, Joe. I'm curious to get your you take Give you my hot take as an Asian man. Chinese yeah. man. Yeah. As a Chinese man, I think you're not offended by much. I think you're very fair with your... The socio-political opinion, Jeff. Sure. This will be Go good. Ahead. Get your hot takes. So, SNL, right? Three new cast members get hired. First Asian cast member, right? Ever. Woo! But there's a white guy in there, right? Sure. And that's public enemy number one these days. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, no. No, just kidding. Um, so basically, you know, we live in a culture where Twitter's the thing. Where you used to work there, of course. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, you can post things. And then 10 years later, somebody can dig through all your tweets and find something you said that might have been fine at the time. But now it's a bit offensive, right? Sure. That basically happened, more or less. Some guy knew of one of the white guy comedians that got hired. And then he looked, he looked kind of, either knew this clip in advance or looked for it. And he basically found a clip where he was on a podcast, similar to what we're doing. And uh, they were talking about his experiences in Chinatown. And... This is the part where it gets a little shady, so they're talking very casually. It's not like he's, like, doing an act. They're talking just like a podcast, right? And he talks about being in Chinatown, and then he says something to the effect of, like, why why do they even make a Chinatown? How does a Chinatown even exist or something? And he's like, does somebody just think, oh, let's put, uh, that, that's where all the chinks go. So he said, where do all the chinks go, right? And when he said that, one could interpret that he's, like, doing an impersonation of a racist guy saying, oh, let's put all the chinks there, you know, right? But one could also say that, like, no, he just actually uses that word and just kind of casually said it. To me, I don't know. I didn't I didn't think about it a lot, so I guess it could go either way. But basically the point is the fact that he said the word, people are offended by it a lot. And then so the guy showed another clip of him on another show where somebody did, like, a, oh, Harold, you know, type of, like, accent. But he wasn't the one who did it. He was just, like, on the show, you know? So because of that, basically he got fired. So this is pretty much where I stand on this issue. And it's one of... It's probably the more moderate side. So mm-hmm. I think in this day and age, if you make that joke now, mm-hmm. uh, shame on you. Yes. But the fact that this is something that happened in the past. So this goes... So that's the thing is that like in the past, a lot of things were more acceptable, right? So mm-hmm. you're allowed to say the word like faggot out loud to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're allowed to back then to say the phrase that's gay. Yes. But now those phrases, you'll be condemned. Mm-hmm. Back then... I mean, well, probably still in the South. You're about you're allowed to say the N word, however you want. But now it's technically the, you're allowed to say it now, but you'll just. But be, the thing <laughs> is that this is technically a word that African Americans tried to take back to own it themselves. Yeah, and well, that's so, a whole other thing because that's yeah. the hard R or the A. But that's but, a whole other topic. But that's the thing is that like okay, well, standards were different back then. You have to adjust for now because yes. why? You'll be publicly mobbed for that. That's mm-hmm. one reason. Example Kramer. The other reason is, and so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this has happened in the past, so I'll let it go. But yes. at the same time, if you want to be across the board, be across the board. 
You mean so, be consistent? Yes, be consistent. Don't pick and choose. So like the whole James Gunn thing mm-hmm. where he got uh, basically fired for having some racist stuff. Yes. Well. No, no, it wasn't racist. Uh, some some it was like of, he made bad like child pornography jokes. Yeah, he made some distasteful jokes. Yes. But that's the thing is that like other people have said some things. I guarantee you every listener, any person our age, peers or whatever, chances are they've made those jokes before. And if you want to be across the board – then yeah, we should Dude, all hope, be fired. I hope they haven't made the jokes he made, but <laughs> yeah, but well, I'm just saying like we should all be fired from our jobs. No, I, I yeah, I get your big, I get your point. Everyone thinks fucked up thoughts, but but so it's like if you say it now, of course you shouldn't be saying it. But if you said it back then, mm-hmm. you should be excused. I think it was only like 2015 or 14 he said these comments, but uh, even then things were still a little different, you know. I think. Uh, I don't know. People were sensitive for sure about things, but I think it's just gotten hyper, hyper sensitive since right about 2015. I think kind of when Trump got elected, but, uh, that's the thing is that with the thing is that with Asians is that people say, and people have, I've heard the argument of you guys are the model minority. Mm -hmm. What do you have to complain about? Oh, interesting. Who said that? Black people. Really? Hmm. I've heard the argument from African-Americans say that you don't understand what prejudice and what heart, how much suffering that we've gone through. Yeah. Therefore, you have no right to complain. That's the thing. People like to assume they understand what other people are going through. And, and yeah, that their, like, woes are always worse. And so the thing is that I'll agree. You may have had it pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I'll agree, sure. White people, some racist white people may look differently towards us. But at the end of the day, what we go through is different from what you go through. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that if you were to be an Asian, you would complain about the same things. So. Yeah. No, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, y'all got to understand that this is a different world. Everyone has different issues. And so, I mean, given the context, I mean, I don't know enough about it. And mm-hmm. seeing if it was a, if it was a gig, it was a gig. Mm-hmm. If he meant it for reals. Then I hope he gets hit by a bus. No, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the whole, like, when you watch it, it's hard to say. Because he says, like I said, he's not, like, doing it as a stand-up act. It's, like, like, a very casual podcast. And when he says it, it's, like, I have a, like, a lot of people have interpreted it as him, like, like impersonating, like, a racist guy. He's like, ooh, let's put all the Asian people here, you know? But, like, some people are like, no, that's, like, either he said it, so, like, he should be held accountable for it. And some people think he's not, like, doing a racist character voice. That's actually just him saying it. And I think, like, I heard a take on it from two comedians that I actually really liked where they were kind of talking about SNL, like, it's like, why is SNL this, like, moral, like, like, why being considered this, like, moral high ground? Because they used to, like, make fun of Asian people. They have two sketches of, like, white guys, like, in, like, samurai outfits, where, like, close a lot, you know, like, cutting fruit or, like, food or something like that, you know, and that could be considered, like, offensive, you know? Yeah, even though they might be making fun of Fruit Ninja. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, which called then... They also, like, this is the first Asian person they've ever hired, so it's not like they're, like, the PC police, you know, type of thing. And also, um, like, at the same time, like, like my favorite comedian, Bill Burr, was bringing up, like, like, why does, why do people only look at, like, the negative shit? Like, how do we know this guy hasn't, like, do people, does nobody ever go through someone's Twitter and actually look at the good things they've done away against that are just, like, saved a puppy from a tree? Nope. Uh, like, helped an old lady cross the street? Nope. Oh, there he said something offensive. Let's point that out. And then it's, like... Well, it's like, also, why is he acceptable? Why is it acceptable to not have him work on SNL? But it's like, can he work another job? Is he going to get fired from every job just because he did that? Like, can he work construction now? Like, like, 
why is it only certain jobs that they want to do that they'll fire you from? Like, like, do you just like have no eligibility work for any other type of job if you have this like scandal come out about you? You know? Yeah, and so that's why my statement stands of like, if you want to do it, then do it, but you yeah. have to be across the board. Yeah. If you're not across the board, then you yourself you're a hypocrite. So who are you to say that? Exactly. Um. Yeah, that's just my take on it. Um, be genuine. That's what Josh saying as he puts on his shoes. Yes. I mean, like Andrew Yang, president. Oh, potential. Funny you say that. Andrew Yang commented on it. He said he's okay with it. No, he said. Well, he said he was offended by the thing, but he said like he doesn't think he should have been fired. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Yeah. Pretty much what Vince just said. And he's like willing to like, yeah, I want to sit down and talk to him. I totally don't mind. Yeah. Some people are offended by his response to the thing. He think he was like way too easy on the guy. I'm just like, Jesus, can you guys fucking get a life? Like, who cares at this I point? I mean, I don't really agree with some of the things that he says. Andrew uh, Yeah. So he always plays a whole like, I'm Asian, so I know a lot of doctors. So he said that in the last presidential debate. Huh. And I'm thinking, you're not wrong, <laughs> but... I don't Why? Like, I don't like you're living up to these stereotypes. Why did you say that? <laughs> I don't like the I'm Asian, therefore. Yeah. Because you're perpetuating it. You're giving them... You're, you're reinforcing it. Yeah. Uh, you I can say like it among your friends. stereotype yeah. of always thought is, like, passable, though. What? Like, no Asian's ever gotten offended when I've said it. Having strict parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. accurate. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. You can also say white rice. We like white rice a lot. <laughs> like, honestly... <laughs> I don't really have any desire to say that one, but good to know that I get a pass on it. <laughs> All right, anyways, this includes our segment. Oh, my gosh. I can totally, like, advertise on subtle Asian traits. Anyways, moving anyway. on. Thank you for listening to our show. To the underpaid and underqualified. Let's just host, review what Vince we talked Kinja. about really quick. One sec. We talked about movie sequels for, like, two hours. We probably talked about three. I want to go home so bad now. <laughs> we talked about movies we're excited for, and we talked about SNL and Asian people and racism. And now we're going to sign off. Peace.